I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome, one and all, to episode 233 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And for this episode, we have the August, Friday the 13th live stream featuring Mr. Brad Dahl of Yarg Metal, son of Yarg. It's as if it was a horror film. <laughs> Although I wouldn't say it's a horror show because it's always fun to talk to Brad. We had a lively uh, conversation, not only on air, but the chat was going last Friday, and it was pretty cool to see everything that was going on. So I had a a great time, and I want to invite you guys to join us on the Signals from Mars live stream. It is every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. in the U.K., Not only is it great hard rock and metal talk and interviews, but it's also great to interact with other people in the chat. Uh, Tonight, for tonight's episode, I'm recording this on August 20th, flying by the seat of my pants here. Uh, We have Edge of Paradise. I believe it will be Margarita Monet, the lead singer, and Dave Bates, the guitarist, who will be joining us. Um, if I'm not mistaken, at least one of the two will be there, possibly both. But anyway, I encourage you guys to join us every Fridays for this. And um, I've thrown in or I've posted in Patreon a schedule of who I'm going to have on the show next. And the patrons have the ability to propose questions to ask to these people beforehand to any of my guests. So there's, you know, a few things that were posted. I understand that not everyone can join us on Fridays. I understand that the time sometimes doesn't work and people have other things going on. So this is why I always appreciate it. Whether you are part of the show live or whether you listen to a recorded version of the show or watch it on YouTube, I thank you either way because I greatly appreciate your support. And I greatly appreciate you sharing or liking or whatever it is that you do with the show. I realize that not everyone wants to partake in that way and they just want to listen. And that's cool. Not holding a gun to anybody's head. So any type of support, whether it's subscribing, listening, sharing, liking, so on and so forth. It's all well and good. So thank you. I also want to thank my patrons real quick. I remind everyone that uh, the episode per se, the the live stream portion, does start at the 10-minute mark. And before that, I just like to send shout-outs and talk about other things that are going on. So if you want to skip ahead, you're more than welcome to do so. In any event, let me go here from oldest to newest. Want to thank... Steve Hoker, Jeremy Weltman, Mike Jones, Brad Dahl, who is featured on this episode, Mark Striegel from Talking Metal, Gabriel Ruiz, Chris Vaglio, Jose Ruiz, Jerry from Long Island, Metal Dan, Rob Rowe from the Rock and Roll Podcast, 
and Mr. Johan uh, Erdström up there in Sweden. Thank all of you guys for your support on Patreon. Another reason why I'm kind of behind the eight ball today is that I'm trying to up my game with everything that I do with regards to the podcast. For those that are on Patreon, they've seen what I've put together for the album of the week. It's one of the features that we have on there. And I created this new beginning and ending uh, to that. If you watch the live stream, I put together something for that as well. And I've been trying to up my game with everything regarding the website as well. Just trying to draw more people to what I do, which hopefully will help open the door to other guests and allow me the ability to do a lot more things with the show. So I do apologize again. I'm going to get this episode up as soon as I possibly can. And one of the other neat things on Patreon is the interaction that we have with other people in the group. I post a lot of videos. We pick songs for the playlist uh, that ends up on Spotify and on Apple Music. But also, for example, for example, excuse me, Mr. Jeremy Weltman, who was bringing us his patron's pick in a few short moments, gave us a really cool rundown of Bloodstock the festival in the UK that he went to and he got to see Judas Priest among another amongst other bands, man, I'm fumbling for my words. I apologize. Uh, anyway, yeah, we have a great troll free environment there. We all talk about music and, um, just share our thoughts and it is all very awesome. So, um, I encourage you to join. You can do so for as little as $2 a month and get a bonus podcast and some other bonus content as well. Here's Jeremy Weltman with Patreon's Pick. Hello, everyone. Jeremy Weltman here again with another Patreon's Pick for this week. I've gone through all the uh, the releases on MarsAttacksRadio.com, which the legend Victor M. Ruiz has put together, as usual, the Professor of Metal, as I like to call him. This week, or just last week, in fact, on Friday, he put up 12 new albums, two EPs, five reissues, including four by Anal Nathrak, uh, and two live albums, one of which was by Jack Russell's Great White. Some of that music uh, we've been listening to as patrons on his website. He puts up some great stuff every week worth uh, joining us if you can. This week, I've uh, gone through them um, and there were some really interesting ones. I really liked Infects, Burning in Exile. That was a good old thrash um, album from the San Francisco band. I liked Quicksand, Distant Populations. That was a, a decent album. There's albums by Sepultura, The Killers. There's also a really good album by Blacktop Mojo. It's good classic rock from Texas. Really like that one. Very good sound. It was almost my pick of the week. But this week I've gone much heavier. This is a melodic death metal album. It's by a band called Vile Mist. They're spelt V-A-E-L-M-Y-S-T, Vile Mist. Apparently they were formed in 2017 in Los Angeles. They've passed me by a bit. They previously issued an EP. This album's called Secrets of the Ego Chasm, 
And as far as I can tell, there is no hard copy of this album. There is a digital one on their Bandcamp page. It's obviously priced at $6.66. They, uh, it's a really, it's got growly vocals, but it's got great riffs. Um, I really like the production on this album. It sounds like it's been done in a big haunted room or a castle. I think that really adds to the atmosphere of it. As I say, there's some great songs on. I really like the opener, Esprit de Corps, or Esprit de Corps. And there's also Dawnless, uh, On Venom the Sea. It's a, it's, a nice, it's a nice album, this. It's for fans of Testament, those sort of bands. Really good. And so my pick of the week, my patron's pick this week, is Vile Mist with Secrets of the Ego Chasm. Holy crap, did Jeremy just pick a death metal album? <laughs> He's usually not a fan of, of death or black metal. So uh, kind of cool that he went with that. So there you go. This is why I do those new releases. Anyway, that was great. I love hearing Jeremy's um, segment every week, and that was surely a surprise to me. So uh, anyway. I want to thank you guys for checking this episode out and we will leave you now with my August 13th discussion, chat, debauchery, whatever you want to call it with Mr. Brad Dahl of Yarg Metal. Welcome on and all to the uh, August 13th, Friday the 13th uh, here episode of the Signals from Mars live stream. I am joined by Mr. Brad Dahl. It is the Revenge of Yarg since uh, <laughs> the son you know, of Yarg. The, the son of Yarg. Yarg. Yeah. Of the son of Yarg. Yeah. Yarg, Yarg metal. There you go. So, Yarg. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, all things I saw that you had a nice post there. You referenced Clorox. Yeah. Um, which, which is funny because I had a, a conversation about two hours ago regarding uh, Clorox and chlorine and pools. So ah, uh, the yeah. first thing that came to mind was he's going to die, but not <laughs> from that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh man, you'd be surprised how many calls I get about people when they're uh, dealing with pool chemicals. And, um, because of that, you know, I'm super, it's like I am with rattlesnakes. I'm super careful because I'm okay. not, you know, if, if I ever get bit by a rattlesnake, I'll never hear the end of it. If I ever get pool chemicals in my eye, I'll never hear the end of it. So <laughs> yeah, I always check the wind, make sure I'm not standing downwind and make sure I'm not pouring stuff, you know, powder above my head and, it's just, it's unbelievable how these things happen. So, hey, Jeremy, how you doing? Good to see Jeremy, Jeremy this week. Nice to see you in the chat. I hope you're doing well. Um, I, as a kid, so I've always been lucky that we've always had a pool. We had an above ground pool up until 
uh, I was what, uh, 12 and we moved to a new house. And then a year after moving there, we got an in-ground pool. And I forget what, how old I was or whatnot, but uh, I ended up getting chemical burns on my hand from the basic, the basic, it's not a basic acid. It's either a basic or an acid. It was a basic chemical that was used to clean the pool. And of course I was, I don't know, like 18 or 19 or maybe in my early twenties and my skin went completely white. Um, and I was freaking out and my mother was like, it's nothing. I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, what if this, you know, what if it's like I'm turning into Michael Jackson, (laughs) right? Well, turning into a snowman, I thought. And, uh, and, and then all of a sudden, um, uh, you know, we went to the urgent care and the the guy's like, yeah, it's just chemical burn. Uh, in a few days, your skin will turn back to normal. Like, okay, thank you. <laughs> it's just a chemical burn. Yes. Uh, guy. Yeah. I had a few of those last night too. Um, yeah. yeah so I'm going to tell you why I mentioned, uh, Clorox in, in the, um, in, in my tweet about uh, sharing this, but first okay. of all, I do have to say we have a special guest here, um, on the podcast. So if you hear some a noise in the background, <laughs> it is Molly. Yeah, it's Molly, 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 the metal dog. <laughs> and no, she's not dead. She just uh, that's that's the way she rolls. So, yeah. Yeah, her. Uh, yeah, mom's not here today. I'm I'm in charge of I'm in charge of everything at the house today. So, uh, yeah, be be scared. Be very scared. So. Back to the bleach thing. I know we kind of, we talked about bleach for a moment last time and I'm like, how did, how did I miss like the greatest bleach story ever? Right. So, so I, I, you know, I answer the phone this is Brad. Can I help you? Cause that's the way I answer the phone. Right. And this, this woman says, ah, so I was bleaching my rectum. Okay. <laughs> True story. That's exactly how the call started. I was bleaching my rectum. So I'm like, okay. I kind of got an idea where this is going, <laughs> but I was wrong. I was so wrong. Um, Cause yeah, we've had, uh, you know, so many enema calls that have gone bad. And, and uh, so that, anyway, that's where I thought it was going, but she goes, but no, no, no. I was bleaching my rectum and I had the bleach in a glass and my two-year-old drank it. So I'm like, why did you even, <laughs> I mean, I, I believe me, I'm really happy that you told me you're bleaching your rectum, but it really wasn't even like <laughs> important to the whole story. <laughs> it's like, why don't you lead with my kid Drake bleach? Okay. <laughs> but then, then that started a whole deep dive about bleaching, bleaching your butthole. Um, which, which of course my colleague was saying, I don't think she really understands what her rectum is. Uh, well, yeah, we had a we had a visiting doctor at the time, a medical doctor, and so they got on their their laptop and they googled bleaching your you know anus, right, and came up with some very graphic pictures, and uh, like holy crap, this is a thing, people yeah. actually do this. Yeah, I, I, re- I yeah, I remember yeah. listening to Howard Stern years ago, and it may have been Jenna Jameson, maybe or some other porn star who talked about the fact that. Porn stars were bleaching their anus because the skin was darker than the rest of their body. So they wanted to even out 
the color of their skin. And I remember hearing that and thinking, um, A, isn't there some type of makeup or something, you know, or maybe someone needs to develop some like rectum cover up or anal rouge. <laughs> there you go. Um, or uh, I'm, I'm thinking uh, if somebody's tuning in to watch that type of a film, I don't think they're really, they don't care about the color of the skin of your butthole. Okay. <laughs> You'd be surprised. So, so yeah, so immediately, yes. Immediately after the call, I'm like, okay, is this a, is this a real thing or not? So I immediately texted my buddy, Brian Beller, who's a bass player to the stars. Uh, right. plays, uh, yeah. Plays currently. With, um, yeah. With death clock. Well, he played with death clock. He now plays uh, mostly with, um, um, God, what's, what's his name? Joe Satriani, Joe Satriani. Oh, okay. That's who's getting ready to go on tour. He has his own band, Aristocrats. Great band, by the way. And oh, okay. uh, so he yeah, lives yeah. in, he lives in LA. He's actually from New Jersey. So he's, you know, of the family. And, uh, I, so I immediately texted him and I said, so is this a thing down there? And he's like, Oh, hell yeah. 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 A lot of people are bleaching their buttholes here. So, so there you go. I think we got this episode off to a roaring start. What do you think? That's, that's the epicenter of the porn industry. So yeah, you know, that makes sense. He's, Wow. So a lot of people to uh, say hello to in the chat today. Yeah, we're- we said hello to Jeremy, Rob Rowe. Uh, we have Steve Hoker. We have Mike Jones joining us. Hello, Mike. Looks like you stopped him from bleaching his butthole tonight. He was about to do it. We have <laughs> Johan in Sweden. Um, not sure if I'm missing anyone, but I think I think I got everyone. I think I said Rob Rowe already. If not, Rob Road twice. Um, but yeah, we started off the uh, the show with a bang. Uh, having uh, <laughs> having Brad, yeah, having Brad's uh, Brad on telling his stories is um, is is always excellent. So um, uh, we had Brad, you know, I was trying to work out a, a an interview for today, was working on it all week, didn't work out. I asked Rob to come on. He, he was working. So I said, well, I think Brad said he was free tonight. So let's see what kind of uh, interesting stories he can tell. And he didn't disappoint right off the bat. We, we, it was a walk-off home run. So, uh, <laughs> I would drop the mic if it wasn't on a connected to this stand here. <laughs> um, upcoming, just so you guys know, for those of you that are patrons, you guys will be able to submit questions for um, Danko Jones, who I will be interviewing next week. And, That's pretty cool. Yeah, and I tried to get him on the, the live stream, but he's not available in the afternoons. And next week for the live stream, we will have members of um, Edge of Paradise. So I've been featuring their videos recently. Uh, these last few weeks because they're about to release their new album. So um, I spoke to their singer Margarita Monet uh, a little earlier this week. And she's, she said that uh, I believe her and Dave, the guitarist uh, will be coming on next Friday. So look out for that. Uh, Steve, let's see. Steve gets quoted the day, by the way, (laughs) actually a couple of them. (laughs) 
and and it's funny because he always says that he doesn't have the uh you know the 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 best quotes but uh, oh, no, no. he's a funny guy yes he's got quite a few uh it won't, it, it won't allow me to uh to copy his quote over again you can't but, fly that in yeah i don't know all right anyway right. you guys can see it on on we the right there yeah, we need more Patreon supporters so uh, we can up the uh, tech stuff here. <laughs> <laughs> well, they they are updating a, a bunch of things. Um, I've been, I I last week, um, I spent nineteen hours transcribing the previous show that we did <laughs> uh, over three days, and um, transcribing is the new thing for getting better search results and I want to figure out a, an easy way to do this so that, um, you know, we can get more people to join us and, and not only on Patreon, but here. And, uh, the whole idea is just to get ranked better on Google when I do the various interviews and have you on and have anyone else on. And when, when we did the Motley Crude discussion a few weeks ago, it did really good. Um, because obviously when, you're you're uh, tagging Motley Crue and members of the band. Well, you get their crowd to uh, to join in. I haven't gotten any hate mail uh, or any uh, trolls from it. Uh, years ago, I did an episode on Van Halen, and uh, Dan Lorenzo, uh, currently in yeah. Catches King and Vessel of Light, uh, commented something to the extent of that Van Halen was too happy for him. And that had Van Halen have not existed, nothing, you know, he wouldn't have missed them or something to that wow. extent. Holy crap, did the page fill up with just people dogpiling on the rabbit where they were just lambasting him on, you know, his music and his taste. And uh, boy, did the numbers of listeners and downloads go up for that episode. You know, that's the highest rated episode I've, I've ever had as a result. Um, but it was, uh, it was interesting. Yeah. Sometimes you just push some buttons and, uh, you know, you get, you get people bent out of shape and they, they feel the need to defend people who otherwise don't really care. So. Yeah. That is funny. Cause I, I know, uh, uh, my my brother, the the boss, the CEO, CEO Dave, he's like, yeah, you know, if we got more controversial and said some like crazy stuff, we'd probably get, you know, more people and, you know, like, he's, I don't know. And I'm like, dude, yeah, that's not our thing, though. We're not uh, we're not here to just, you know, rip people. And, you know, we, I try to keep it positive. And I, I noticed you do that in your interviews, too. You're not like looking for the, the clickbait headline. You're not trying to get people to, uh, you know, talk bad about past members of the band or things like that. And I, I, I try to do that in my interviews too. It's like, Hey, let's just keep that, um, you know, on the, let's just talk about positive stuff. Of course, if things, if they bring up stuff, fine, but yeah. I'm not going to go there. You know, I'm not going to try to get them to say bad things about people, so, yeah. but it does get people going man, and it does, uh, it does light the fire. But, uh, I, I, I like that, uh, we have some integrity here between the two of us and uh, we're, we're all about the positive uh, talking about bands. We like uh, every so often we talk about bands we don't like, but, uh, <laughs> I guess we did that last time. Didn't we? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah but, go ahead. No, I was going to say, 
it's funny because I've had people over the years say that, you know, you need to, um, um, all right. So Jose is saying that you're coming in lower than I am. Um, Uh-oh. well, it's me. I think it's just Connecticut. I think that's where the problem is. It <laughs> could be because your brother, your brother and both Jose are saying that you're coming in He's, low. Yeah. He maybe, said the same thing. Yeah. Maybe the, uh, the, 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 um, I don't know. The state of Connecticut is monitoring you and filtering you out. You're, you're a bad, uh, influence on, uh, how would you even, you know, what, what are residents? Yeah. What are residents of Connecticut called? Connecticut? Or what, what, what is it? <laughs> They're nutmegs, right? Isn't it the nutmeg state? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I've had discussions with people over the years where they're like, oh, why don't you, uh, why, why don't you ask, you know, this question? Why don't you ask that person this, the other question? I'm like, uh, because I honestly don't want to close the door on certain people because if you're, if you're a certain host, sure, you can get away with stuff. And I've, I've heard interviews from, say like a Jamie Josta or a Danko Jones or people like that who have a career outside of podcasting um, where they're within the music industry making money and whatnot. So they can talk about certain behind the scenes things without people saying, uh, yeah, you know, go scratch, you know, that's none of your business type of a deal where it's more of, you know, people see them as a peer. So they can ask certain questions that I can't ask as a result. You know, um, and if you piss someone off, the next person they're going to is going to be their label or their PR person. And then what happens is, hey, I want to interview so-and-so on your label. And they're like, "Um, you pissed off this guy. Why would I be giving you this other person? You know, so you yes. Could we do shock factor and and do stuff like that? Of course. But, you know, you're also susceptible to. Not being not being able to do what you want to do and being, uh, you know, left with just scraps, basically. If if the people you want to speak to are not available to you, you end up just speaking to whoever is available. So. Yeah, well, you know, I, I don't know. There's, there's something be, to be said for just not being an asshole. OK, Um Speaking of which, you know, I meant to show because last time we were maybe going to talk about, you know, one of the topics, uh, bands that we didn't get into till later or um, maybe didn't think they liked and then found out later, hey, I really like those guys. And one of those for me was this band. I As I cleaned out my office at work, I, I found a whole bunch of um, papers that students had uh, had written. And uh, I don't know why I still have copies of these things, but here's one. I don't know if you can read that. Aha. Anthrax. Uh, yep. Anthrax. Yeah, I'll give the author credit there. There she is. Yeah. So she wrote, she did a nice presentation on anthrax, not the band though. Oh, um, okay. On the poison. Yeah. This is 2001. Holy crap, man. I had stuff in my office from 2001. That's, that's just awful. Well, so, that's, yeah. So this gone. The height of the anthrax craze there. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty nutty stuff when that was going on. We had people that really thought that uh, terrorists were coming to get them. Um, right. I remember, I remember this this 
old guy, he was like 90 years old, called me up in Southern Utah and he got an, uh, uh, something in the mail. He opened it up and he felt like there was some powder in there and he was like, sure, it was anthrax. And I said, yeah, that's pretty much what the terrorists are trying to do. They're trying to get rid of all their old people here. <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> Sorry, <Right>. old people. <laughs> yeah, well, it could have been someone messing with him, you know, uh, if he was if he was a jerk to someone, maybe, maybe they did do it to... Yeah. Who knows? Maybe the end result was, hey, he'll think it's anthrax. He'll have a heart attack and drop dead. Ooh, yeah, that'd be bad. Now, as, as we found out, there's a lot of things that go on in mail handling. And a lot of these guys, because they're constantly handling this, this stuff, that they use, use a lot of baby powder and that to keep from getting paper cuts and to keep things right. running smoothly. So, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's not anthrax. So. I'll have to uh, ask Joshua Toomey the next time that I have him on because his day job is that he's a mailman. Oh, um, cool. So uh, maybe he can he can fill us in on why they use talcum powder or what or what other uh, yeah. Yeah, or what yeah, other yeah. secrets. How, how do they keep their hands soft and supple? <laughs> and maybe that's it. Maybe his mailman. Maybe that's the opposite. Maybe it was the mailman saying, "You know what? This curmudgeon <laughs> old." bastard has been messing with me for so long that I'm going to scare the shit out of him. And what he did was he purposely, he talked up right over his, you know, right, right over his piece of mail and said, all right, let's freak this old guy out. This is revenge for, for X amount of years of doing whatever. Maybe he wasn't, uh, you know, maybe his mailbox is on his porch and he's got a Rottweiler out in the yard. That's, you know, messing with the mailman. So I don't know. There's a few different angles there. Yeah. So you got into anthrax later. Uh, For me, I would, for me, I would consider them probably one of my top five all-time bands. I got into them around um, 1987, 88, maybe. Um, And I, I mentioned this during last week's episode because there was a whole connection with, uh, well, it was Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper was going to walk Jake, the snake Roberts to the ring during WrestleMania three. And he name dropped anthrax and Megadeth. So my neighbor went out and got state of euphoria by anthrax and peace cells by Megadeth. And I dubbed it off of him and instantly became a fan. So, it was to me, it was something completely different uh, than what I had heard before. Um, what got you into them? Like, was there an album? Was there a song? What what ultimately made the uh, switch uh, flip up for you? That is a great question, which makes you such a great host. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Believe it or not, it was worship music. Okay. Yeah. When that when that album came out. Um, and, and part of, part of why I didn't really like them that much in the first place was, you know, you know, when they first came out their their videos and that, uh, the songs were just like, ah, oh, they're okay. But I gotta be honest, Joey Belladonna, his voice really wasn't working for me. It was just okay. too, too atonal for me. It didn't have the, um, I don't know. It, it just didn't have substance, but for some reason, when I heard worship music, it worked for me on that. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a really good friend who lives in Texas, and uh, he's a huge Anthrax fan. And so he was he was playing it for me. In fact, he uh, yeah he gave me a copy of it, and I was like, man, you know these songs are really really good, and uh, yeah, the vocals are working for me. But I gotta be honest. Then as I went back, the John Bush stuff I liked even better because I really like John Bush. Yeah, right. I love his voice. He's got such a great rock voice. Great, I mean, the guy, a great singer. Um, I thought the, and I don't know how many, I don't know who wrote all the lyrics in the band. I, I get the feeling Joey Belladonna is not a, no. a lyric writer. No. It's uh, Scott. I, Scott, yeah, Scott, yeah, Ron Scott writes the majority of the lyrics. And then when um, John Bush came in, um, Scott would kind of give him a blueprint of what, he thought this song should kind of be about Mm. and they kind of like mix things together. John has a a lyric book where he'll come up with ideas and he'll just write stuff like on the fly. He's constantly writing like different things and he'll sometimes listen to a riff and then say, Oh wow, this will go good with that. So it'll kind of be the foundation that he'll go with or he'll you know, Scott will say, hey, you know, I was thinking about writing a song about this. And they kind of, you know, kind of do it together type of a deal. One of the reasons why he wouldn't come back to do worship music was because they wouldn't let him touch the lyrics. And he said that he felt that some of the lyrics were kind of goofy, that they <laughs> didn't represent like something that he would sing. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned that you felt that Joey's voice was different there because they tried so many different singers or they wrote, you know, they wrote with John Bush in mind. Then they did some of the, you know, they ended up doing some of the songs with Dan Nelson who came in after him. And then there was Corey Taylor of Slipknot who was going to work on the stuff. So, I mean, I don't know if there was ever anything exchanged back and forth between them. I do know this. I mean, I got to see them with Dan Nelson in concert. Mitch LaFon has several of the songs that Dan Nelson sung on because Charlie personally sent them to him so he could check them out. And for a while there, when I would have Mitch on the show way back when, um, well, actually, I tried to um, to get him to turn or to at least let me listen to those songs, you know, over the phone even. I said, I just want to hear what they sound like. You don't have to give them to me. But I said, because um, the last Van Halen album, uh, Different Kinds of Truth, that came out here like nine hours before it came out in the U S and he was, uh, you know, he wanted to hear that so badly. I said, okay, I've got it. (laughs) I'll let you listen to it. If you let me listen to those anthrax songs. And he was telling me, no, Charlie's a friend and I can't do this, you know, because if he ever finds out, I'm like, I'm not going to tell Charlie, Hey, Charlie Benante, Mitch LaFon, let me listen to these four songs that you forwarded to him. I was like, Come on, you know, so I never I, I've never heard outside of what I've seen him sing live. And the only thing that they did live that ended up on worship music 
was the cover of a Swedish band called Refused. Uh, there's a song of theirs called New Noise, which is all the way at the end of Worship Music. It's a hidden track uh, hidden in the last song, which Dan's voice fits the song a lot better, in my opinion, than than Joey's voice, because when Joey tries to do like an aggressive part, his voice just doesn't do it right for me. Yeah. Um, I I loved Joey's era in Anthrax, but John Bush, the John Bush era, there's there's just the lyrics, the music, and the point in time in my life where, you know, there are certain albums that I knew Johan would uh would like that I brought up Refused. I purposely said Sweden because of that. Um there are albums that you can pinpoint and remember I was listening to this when this went on or this album helped me through this tough time or whatever. We all have those albums that we pinpoint and those Bush era albums helped me through a lot of crappy times, you know, through like personal shitty stuff that was going on in my life. And a lot of times it, you know, it was me um, cranking a lot of that music and listening to the lyrics and singing along to the to the lyrics to uh, help me through that stuff. And I I've said that to him when I've got to interview him. Uh, also, uh, the album Volume Eight is my favorite album by Anthrax, and I mentioned this as well. And he he got a, a big kick out of it that I would play the first three songs off of that. Uh, crush catharsis and inside out over and over again when it first came out for two reasons. One, I loved it. And two, my ex-wife hated hearing those three songs over and over again. So um, that was my uh, kind of uh, revenge for having to listen to country music all the time when we were in her car. So um, there, there, there's that. Um Okay, I'll I'll give you a band that I didn't get into later as well. Um, and I didn't get into this band up until uh, probably three years ago. And the reason that I took me so long to get into them, I, I say that they're one of my midlife crisis bands, um, is because being from New Jersey, of course, what are you going to hear on the radio? a lot of music from New Jersey. So there are certain bands that got played a lot and Skid Row was one of them. I absolutely hated Skid Row because you would hear Youth Gone Wild, 18 in Life, I Remember You every single day on the radio over and over and over again, mixed in with Bruce Springsteen and Bon Jovi and occasionally you would hear the smithereens, and that's like the extent of New Jersey music that would be filtered into the uh, terrestrial radio stations. A few years ago, while I was here, I was like, okay, everyone that I know likes this band. I'm, I'm the sore thumb here. I'm the only one that doesn't like Skid Row. Let me give it a shot. So I said, okay, I'm going to sit down without, with an open mind and I'm going to listen to this. 
and I started listening to the first album, by the time I get to the last song, I realized that I knew the entire album already due to the fact that Eddie Trunk would play them every Friday night and he wouldn't play the radio hits. He would play the quote unquote deep tracks. So I knew Sweet Little Sister and I knew Torpedo and I knew all the other songs. And I have to say that I, the first three albums with Sebastian Bach, I, uh, Rob Rowe just, just posted it. I really enjoy the first three albums. There are some songs with Johnny Salinger that I like as well. Um, but those three albums are, are great. I think Subhuman Race doesn't get enough credit uh, just because of when it came out and because of fans being fickle idiots that uh, oh, nothing after 89 is good anymore. Right. But Skid Row's first album came out in, I believe, 90 or 91. And their second album came out in like, no, the first one came out in maybe it was 89 then the second one, 91. And then the third one was 95. So a, a lot of times um, it's the fans fault for not hanging in with a band or, or giving them enough time to check out other material outside of the hits. Imagine if if somebody came up to CEO Dave and said, I'm a huge Black Sabbath fan. I love Paranoid Iron Man and War Pigs. And, and you say, well, do you love Supernaut? Do you love Hole in the Sky? Do you love National Acrobat? What songs are those? Oh, I thought you were a huge fan. You know, so there are a lot of people, oh, I love Skid Row. They're one of my favorite bands. You know, why didn't they release anything after their second album? Yeah, they've released like three other albums and two EPs, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. You know, so a lot of times it's not that the bands suck. It's that the fans suck and give up and stop following. And I, I forget, I forget who someone mentioned. Oh, okay. So um, someone posted a new Billy Idol song, which I'm going to be posting in Patreon. Um, and one of the comments was, oh my God, I'm so glad he got Steve Stevens back. <laughs> and I responded, I'm like, Steve Stevens came back in 94. He's, he's released four albums since then. You know, it isn't that Steve Stevens came back. It's that you've finally come back. You know, it's just kind of asinine. So uh, Mike Jones here saying Skid Row is definitely a band whose deep tracks are better than their radio hits. Yeah. 100%. My Skid Row um, playlist does not have their radio hits because I like the other tracks better. And after, you know, after I listen to those albums openly, I will say that I almost exclusively listened to them for like two or three months because I was, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So Mike Jones, I agree with you 100%. Um, Rob Rowe is saying that mud kicker is one of his favorites. Cool track as well. Um, again, mud kicker and sweet little sister. Eddie trunk would play those songs all the damn time. So um, what's another band that you got into later? Yeah, I'm writing down Mud Kicker because I, 
I gotta, I gotta check that out. Yeah. Well, real quick about the um, Skid Row, though. Yeah. Again, when they first came out, um, and it, and it's just the tone of Sebastian's voice was just ah, I don't know, man. It didn't. It, I mean, it's nothing against his singing. I mean, the guy's a great singer, um, at least on record. <laughs> Um, Shitty person, great singer. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, you do an awesome impression of him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, and and that was a I don't know that that was part of my struggle. And the songs were just kind of, eh. but I've I'd heard several interviews with uh, Dave Snake Sabo, and mm-hmm. man, he seems like such a cool dude. Right. And I was like, I need to give these guys another chance. I need to dig into it a little bit more and. And I got to say those EPs, the last few things that they released, I really like that stuff a lot. Right. I really like where it is musically in that. Now I've seen Sebastian Bach solo, uh, let's see, a few years ago at M3. And I got to say, he was actually really good. I mean, his singing was, was totally on. He was very entertaining and it, yeah, I, I was, I was, I was like, wow, this, he's, you know, this is really good. But the songs, the the hit songs and the ones I knew are just kind of like, and those are usually the ones when, you know, people are playing songs you don't know that you're like, oh, okay. But right. uh, it, the songs weren't really grabbing me. So then I saw the next year at M3, Skid Row played. And I can't remember who the, the singer is now or the singer that sang with them then. It was, I think it's their current singer. I mean, he was good and everything. But again, the songs were just kind of, I don't know, it... Yeah, yeah I, I have to see what they record with him. Uh, ZP something. I yeah, 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 that guy. That guy. Yeah, he's a he, good singer. He um, was the singer in Dragon Force. Oh, okay. The, the the only time the only time that I've I've seen Dragon Force live, and the one time I saw them live, they weren't live. So Ooh. we walked. We wow. we saw that what they were playing, and not a lot of people were up front. Um, when they came up and they played, so we're like, all right, well, let's walk up and see. Watching them, and I was with a friend who's who's a guitarist who has a band that um had some notoriety here locally, and I turned to him and I say, I don't think they're playing. And he says, Well, what do you mean? I go, Look at where they're where they're on the neck. And listen to the notes that are coming out. And he starts analyzing, like really looking at the guitarist's fingers. He goes, holy shit, I think you're right. So the first song finishes. And they're still there. It ends like with, with one whole note. You hear the note. And then like a second later, they all hit that note. It's like, wait a second. You guys aren't playing. So we saw a little more and we walked away and, and it was like, they're, they're selling these guys. Oh, they're the most proficient guitarist and they're this and they're that. And then there's the whole video with, um, with Herman Lee playing underwater at the uh, monsters of rock cruise. And, and they show like this whole thing. Oh, well, he's got the, um, he's, he's got the, um, the, Damn it. Now I don't even remember the, the wireless system is taped to the back of the guitar and it's, it's sealed and, and it's this and it's that. And I'm thinking pickups will not work underwater. First of all, because magnets will not work underwater. Um, Second of all, 
it's physically impossible with the strings to generate enough enough force to make it come out through through the pickups. I'm like, he's he's not playing, you know, and what sounds were like coming out weren't exactly notes. You know, once he was like somewhat out of the water, you know, he yeah, okay. So he was strumming, he was making some sort of a noise, but it wasn't as if, oh my God, look, he's playing like Inve all of a sudden. You know, so it's like that 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 whole band after seeing those two things is is a complete shit show to me. I I don't understand their their notoriety. I've seen video of of ZP singing with Skid Row, and I know they have him there because he's not a head case basically, and he doesn't drink, and you know he does what they ask him to do. But the videos that I've seen, it's like having Bruce Dickinson singing with Skid Row, and it. I don't know. It just felt kind of off to me personally, but um, yeah. Go ahead. I yeah. get that. I get that. So I I don't get not actually playing though. That uh, that makes no sense to me. But whatever. Wow. Studio Magic. So okay. so many bands that you know. Oh, we play two hundred eighty beats per minute in the studio. Sure, with a computer and with speeding the stuff up. But then when you play live, you're you're not playing live. You're you're playing. You're a computer's playing the the tracks, and you're just kind of milli vanillying it. So, yeah, no, that ain't cool. All right, so another band that uh, I was late late to the party is Except. Okay. And and again, it was the it was the singer that kept me from really getting into it because I mean, you know, first thing I heard was "Balls to the Wall" because of the video. Right. And I was like, oh, the song's great, but, you know, this guy's voice is, what the hell? <laughs> and so what happened for me is years ago, I went to this uh, music festival, South Texas Music Festival, and um, Saxon was headlining. That's why I went. Udo was playing right before mm-hmm. them. They were actually on tour touring the U.S. together, doing club dates, and then they're playing this big festival. <laughs> and I got to tell you, man, when, when Udo came out, you know, number one, his band was right. awesome. Okay. But when he came out, it was like he had, he had, I don't know. He just had this aura, this weird kind of like, I was like, okay, I'm in, I'm totally in on this guy. <laughs> and, and the fact that he, the fact that he can sing like that and do an hour and a half show actually singing and, you know, and he's a good singer. I mean, he hits the notes. Right. Um, and, uh, anyway, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm a hundred percent in on these guys. And then I went, of course, bought every album and a uh, huge fan now, huge fan of his solo stuff, uh, just because the music rocks. And it, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, the riffs are just unbelievable. And so, yeah, so I became a huge except fan, but it took many, many, many years, uh, for me to, to get into it. And uh, I, I love the whole thing. Saw except this last year, well, well just a few months ago at M3 uh, with um, Mark Tornillo, 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 Tornillo. We'll go with that. Final answer. Um, who's also from New Jersey. See, everything goes back to Jersey. And, uh, and the funny thing was Shelly, my wife, whenever we're in the car and an except song comes on, something with Udo, or or an Udo song comes on, she she'll put up with it, but she she's not, and it's mostly because of his voice. She she didn't, and I said I get it, I get it. So when when Except came on at M three, she's like, ah, I'm gonna go for a walk, 
So she did. She went for a walk and then she came back a few songs later and she says, you know what? I really like this. This is really, really good. And I said, I know, I know. It's like something magic happens when you actually see the, these songs being played well right. live. And, and I got to say, Mark did it, uh, live did a fantastic job with the old Accept songs. But I got to also say that it was incredible that they played a lot of songs off the mm-hmm. new album and even songs off of their, you know, other Mark albums. Um, so, so yeah, so I, I don't know. It's, I, I love, I love everything about all layers of what these guys are doing. And then of course I got to meet Udo. I interviewed him and his son, Sven, who his son was just so dang yeah. cool. And uh, what a, you know, you can find that on uh, yard metal YouTube you uh, channel. You can watch the interview with me while well, you can listen to it anyway. And uh, those guys couldn't have been cooler to me. And it was one of those things. You probably had this, Victor, where, you, where you're like, oh, crap. And I found out like two hours before I was going to interview them that I was going to interview them. I was actually down in Arizona at a, a CE meeting, a toxicology CE thing, trying to get my credit so I could keep my license. And uh, I'm sitting there and they're talking about medical marijuana. And all of a sudden I get this thing, you know, text on my phone. Hey, you know, if you can meet the band in one hour, you, we can do an interview. Oh, my gosh. So immediately I get out a pad of paper and I'm writing down like, okay, what am I going to talk to him about? I got you know, I start writing down all these questions and uh, I get to the club and I, I'm in the back in the green room of the club and these guys come in and my questions, I, I was kind of walking around the room, kind of just, you know, feeling the place out. But I left my questions way over on the other side of the room and where they wanted to sit. We, we sat way over here. And so I didn't have any of my questions. <laughs> and uh, to this date, it was like one of the most fun, just uh, interesting interviews. And I just felt like, I felt like we were just talking, right. you know, and it was, it was just very, very cool. And these guys, like I said, they couldn't not have been cooler to me. And, uh, and yeah, so there you go. So, uh, so for, for everything, the music and everything else, Udo, he, he's, he's always got a place in my heart. So. Yeah, he um, I've gotten to interview him once and his son wasn't in the band uh, yet. But when he called me on Skype, it was under his son's name. So it was funny because I I forget what label he was with at the time. It may be the same label he's on now, but they said, oh, the name that's going to pop up is Sven. Sven something else. And um, and I was like, oh, okay. And then when it came up, it came up as Sven Dirk Snyder. And I was like, oh, and a year later when he becomes the drummer, I'm like, wow. So theoretically, his old man was calling through his uh, son's account. Um, It's funny because once the bigger someone is, because Johan is mentioning how big Sweden or how big except was in Sweden and all over Europe, to be honest, um, back in the 80s. The bigger an artist, a lot of times, the nicer they are and you're able to just have like a normal conversation with them. And they almost prefer that stuff uh, as to the, so how's the album going? How is the, um, how's the tour going? Um, it's like the the last time that I spoke to uh, Drew Fortier, uh, I, I asked him, what did I ask him? Um, so what's the feedback been with your, uh, 
I forget if it was his book or the movie he had released. And I, I said to him, I said, scratch that. I go, you know, I always harp on people that ask those types of dog shit questions. I go, there's nobody that's going to come up to you and say, your book is absolute shit, but I want you to sign it for me. <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's always going to be, you know, people are going to come up to you and, and give you, they're going to give you positive reviews. They're not going to come up to you to say, yeah, that's garbage, but I want your autograph anyway. They won't say it to your face. They may say it behind the scenes, but not to you, you know? So, um, yeah. Uh, Udo is, is funny because, and except because like you said, balls to the wall, balls to the walls. I knew but I remember, you know, my thing when I would come over to Spain when I was in middle school and more so high school, maybe I would come back and I would bring albums for my friends, stuff that they couldn't get here. And I remember there was a compilation that had it started off with uh, Fast as a Shark. Fast as a Shark or Reckless and Wild. I forget which of the two. And once I heard those songs, I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, this is, wow, this is what I've heard, you know, everything that I've heard about them, like the myth. But, you know, I couldn't get past Balls to the Walls and any any other song that I heard. Like, it didn't captivate me like those two songs. Those songs were fast and just the guitar parts and the double bass and stuff like that. And all of a sudden it clicked. I understood. So, um, yeah. For for me, a band that I got into later, and I was talking to Steve Hoker about this earlier this week, uh, and I mentioned this. Uh, it came up because when I interviewed Rock last week, he talked about seeing Metallica with less than a thousand people in, uh, I believe it was in Quebec City. He mentioned, or no, or no, it was Victoriaville up in uh up in the province of Quebec in Canada. And Steve brought up the fact that both you and Rock had seen Metallica early on w without having huge crowds in front of them. And I have to admit that the first thing that I ever heard from Metallica was Fade to Black, but I didn't know it was Metallica because I was under this preconceived notion that I, you know, with the, the dumbness of being kids, I've mentioned this a bunch of times. Uh, growing up, you were either a Metallica and a Slayer fan or you were an Anthrax and, and Megadeth fan. So I had no idea that I had Fade the Black for years because I had recorded it off of a local metal show, a show that Eddie Trunk appeared on. This was before he hosted it. He was... Uh, the the host was called Cheryl Richards, and she called him the uh, Dunkin' Donuts boy, and because there was the Dunkin' Donuts down the street from the radio station, and she would say, "Oh, the Dunkin' Donuts boy is, has come in to do the metal news at midnight." Little did she know that the the Dunkin' Donuts boy was going to blow up a lot bigger than her in in many ways, and she would be taking his job in <laughs> or her job in in no time. But um, anyway, they um, 
he or she played fade the black. I had no idea it was fade the black. And I would hear, you know, I remember hearing, I remember hearing the song harvester of sorrow off of injustice for all coming out. And I was like, this is kind of cool. You know, I can kind of get into this, but then I heard one and then the video for one came out and it was constantly on MTV. And I've never liked the song one. (laughs) <laughs> not only because it just never caught my attention, but it was rammed down my throat continuously. Um, I've seen them play it live and enjoyed it live because you're in the moment and whatnot, but it's not mm-hmm. a song that I, you know, Hey, I want to listen to Metallica. Oh, I'm going to listen, listen to one. No, that's usually not what happens. Um, so fast forward to, the black album, which just celebrated its 30th anniversary. I remember coming back from Spain and having friends of, uh, the metal dentist and myself who we were in a band with. And the, the, our late guitarist said, you'll never guess this, but you have to listen to the new Metallica song. And I said, why, why would I want to do that? It's not what you expect. And lo and behold, later on that day, I heard Enter Sandman for the first time. And I was like, oh, okay, I can get into this. And what ended up happening was the album came out and he said to me, he said, okay, I'm going to record two songs for you. And after hearing those two songs, you tell me if you like Metallica or not. And he recorded uh, of Wolf and Man, and he recorded Through the Never for me. And I would play those songs constantly over and over and over again. And I was like, okay, I'm sold. And I remember him telling me from now on, never listen to what anybody tells you what you should like and what you shouldn't like. Listen to music with an open mind. And from that day forward, I was a fan of Metallica. But it wasn't until the Black Album. Then I went back and I became a huge fan of theirs to the point where when I moved to Spain, my wife was a huge Doors fan and I've never gotten into the Doors. I can stomach them now if she wants to listen to them, but it's again something that because I heard it so much on the radio growing up, I just never have had an affinity for them. We were having a discussion not that long ago because I've been I've been telling my kids that uh, that we're going to do a podcast together. And I was telling my wife, well, you're going to be involved as well. We're going to talk about different music that we listen to. And um, and I said, what's your favorite band? And she says, she says now. And I said, yeah. It's the doors, right? She goes, no, the doors probably wouldn't be in my top 10 right now. I'm like, oh, okay. So who's your favorite band? She goes, oh, without a doubt, Metallica. I'm like, whoa. So that's something that, you know, I brought into her life, among other things that, you know, now that's her favorite band. So there you go. That's that's cool, man. That's cool. Um, I see uh, you guys are talking about a new Dream Theater song coming yes, out. Yes, The Alien. I'm going to post that as well. The Alien. Yeah. 
All right. Yeah. I want to hear it. It's kind of interesting. I mean, Dream Theater is one of those bands that I, I like, but I can only listen to so much, mm-hmm. you know, because it kind of gets a little samey for me. That's why I like I like it on Yard Metal <laughs> because you get a you get a Dream Theater song, and then you get something else. Right. Okay. And I like yeah, but to sit down and listen to uh, a whole Dream Theater album, which I've done many times back in the CD, you know, back back in those right. days when we had well any albums. Um, but I I find it interesting that they're leading off with something that's really heavy. Uh, as the first song off the album, which that's cool. I, I I'm excited. Yeah, there there was talk uh, but, that this album was going to be a lot heavier than some of their last few albums. Uh, Dream Theater is Jerry from Long Island's favorite band. Uh, yeah, really? he's mentioned that to me several times. Um, yeah, the, the, um, I I didn't get a chance to listen to the entire thing because. I listened to like the first three minutes. It's a nine minute song. And, and I said, okay, since I'm going to be posting this on Patreon, I'll listen to it when I post it. But uh, yeah, when black clouds and silver linings came out, which I believe is the last album with Mike Portnoy. I really love that album and I listened to it quite a bit, but I, I told you a story earlier this week about uh, having a pet that was poisoned. Um, And it was a whole unpleasant experience. The last, again, snapshots in your life. The last album that I listened to that day before all these shenanigans went down was, uh, was that album by Dream Theater. So for some reason... I can't listen to it all the way through now. And I guess it's just like a subliminal thing where it conjures up memories of a, uh, of, of a situation that wasn't all too happy. So there you go. I get that. I totally get that. Well, in, in, in uh, along with the thread of my not liking bands, I got to say James Labrie. I mean, his voice is all right when he's really rocking, but when he gets into the vibrato and really soft stuff, it's like, oh, geez. yeah, he's you know, he's definitely for me the 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 weakest link of that band. Yeah, and I, I've seen him live a few more than a few times, I guess, and they're really good. Uh, but he kind of sometimes doesn't seem like he, you know, he just comes out and sings and then he walks away, right. <laughs> <laughs> Which it's yeah, they're just they, they yeah the whole band vibe is just kind of weird, um, so so yeah, but uh, but yeah, I think they're a great. I, the, when I saw them open up for Maiden when they were doing that mm-hmm. tour, that was like the perfect amount of Dream Theater <laughs> for me. I mean, it was like that was that was great. Right. I loved the whole thing. I loved every minute of it. It was it was fantastic. But I've seen when I've seen him do a headlining show, it's it's kind of. You're like, uh, yeah, and you don't, yeah, nobody wants that, man. You don't want to, you don't want to be looking at, you know, hoping, it's, you know, is this their last song, please? Right. Well, no, yeah, you don't want that. They have, they have a diehard following. I'll say that. Oh yeah. And okay, so I saw them. Wow, I saw them in 2009, June 19th. Right before my son was born. Wow. Surprised at my wife that I was even able to to manage that one. But um see if I can look at the poster here. 
It won't open for me. Um, yeah, that was with uh, with Dragon Force. So that was um, night number one. Was I can't even read this. All right, Crucified Barbara, Gojira, Devil Driver. Hot Leg, which I don't remember. Cathedral, Suicidal Tendencies, who who wasn't the headliner but closed the night out. Uh, Cradle of Filth, which was interesting, seeing a black metal band at like 1 p.m. <laughs> uh, Trivium, Machine Head, who was great that night. J- and then Journey and Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson capped it off by the worst performance I've ever seen live. The next day, was um, Lauren Harris, Steve Harris from Iron Maiden's daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God forbid, hate breed Dragon Force. That was that Dragon Force performance. Buck Cherry, where Josh Todd from the stage says, Mexico, are you ready to listen to Crazy Bitch? I'm like, you flew at least 12 hours to get here. You flew across a damn ocean to get here. And you don't know that Mexico's in South America, not Europe, you asshole. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah, that that's that's a pretty bad mistake. <laughs> um, uh, Papa Roach, who we listened to from our tents, Anthrax. That was, I believe, that Dan Nelson performance. We were supposed to get Thin Lizzy with John Sykes on lead vocals. But they canceled the last minute, and we got Lizzie Borden instead. Um, we got how 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 was Lizzie Borden? It was all right, you know. It was what right. what yeah. what I would expect. Um, him <laughs> with you know the Kid Rock uh, cut out American flag as a shirt, and uh, a bunch of you know bi- bikini clad babes with. Uh, with vinyl and American flags all over the place. So, yeah. Um, In Flames, who had their keyboards lost by the the airline company, so they couldn't play any songs with keyboards, um, is, (laughs) is what the lead singer said. And it was funny. It was kind of chilly. And I mentioned this to Johan one night when we spoke. He says, we're, we're in Spain. Why is it so cold here? You know, it's colder here than it is in, in Sweden right now. We just left Sweden and it was, I don't know how hot, and I'm freezing my ass off on stage, he was saying. He, I guess he didn't realize that here in the north of Spain, the humidity will do that shit to you. Uh, yeah. And then we were capped off by Motley Cruz. Motley Crue getting booed off a stage for for only doing an, a 90 minute headlining set with a 20 minute uh 20 minutes out of that of um Tommy Lee trying to get a a blonde to uh to take her top off. So um yeah. Uh 90 minutes minus 20 is 70. They played they played about an hour for a headlining set. So people were none pleased about that. Yeah. Yeah. Play the music for hell's sake. Yeah, absolutely. And then 
it was it was uh, funny because Hatebreed closed everything up, and I guess they had been there the night before. And uh, Jamie Josta says, "Only only in Europe could you have us and Journey on the same uh, festival bill." And he goes, "That's what's kind of cool about the whole thing that." you can see us a hardcore metal band and you can see journey and you know, Motley Crue and dream theater and all these bands, it's different types of music where it doesn't have to be just one type of hard rock or metal. Right. Like it's done in the, in the U S um, as cool as M three is, I think that's one of the limiting things. It's just that they focus on one, one error, one type of band and, and I get that, you know, because that's that's the clientele. Um, but I think that there are other bands within that era that, you know, they could also incorporate. But, you know, whatever people again, people are fickle and people are stupid. So I don't think it's the promoter's fault. I think it's the fans fault that will start. With, oh, it's not it's not real metal, man. So. Well, yeah. And I, I got to say this because I've been to M3 three times now. Mm-hmm. And I love it just because there there is a slight amount of var- variety there because they're not they're all kind of eighties bands right. that's when they you know made their coin, but uh, but they're not all the same, yeah. and 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 the cool thing is for me they bring in these bands that are kind of like had a moment <laughs> and have dropped off the map right. and somehow have gotten back together like okay so the last the one we just saw a couple months ago. They had hurricane okay. on the bill. So I'm like, what the hell? You know, is, uh, you know, is what's his name? Is he going to, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Keith. Um, oh guy. Hans Kelly Hansen. Kelly. Kelly. Hansen. I was like, guys, is, is Kelly Hansen? Is he, is he going to go off and like do hurricane? Um, you know, cause obviously he's not out there. Well, um, playing. You know, it's funny, but think of that whole band. Sorry, I'm cutting you off. No, no, you're cool. Kelly Hansen, Doug Aldridge, who's now in Dead Daisies. Their drummer, Jay Schnell. Is it, Jay Schellen. Or Jay Schellen, yeah. He's, I believe he's playing in like some other band that has like. Yes, he's playing. In yes, yes, there you go. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Plus he, he's a big guy in Vegas. And, and uh, so anyway, I was like, who who is this going to be? Right. I mean, I can't believe that Kelly would, uh, you know, like turn his back on foreigner. I know foreigners not doing anything, but I was like, I, I, I was kind of hoping it was going to be Kelly Hansen. So I'm like, who are these guys? Well, it turns out it's Sarzo, you know, the original guitar Robert player Sarzo, and bass yeah. player from the original band. Yeah. Yeah. Robert Sarzo, Sarzo and, and Tony Cavazzo, the, the other brothers yeah, yeah. of the quiet riot guys. Right. <laughs> So somehow those guys got permission to use the name of the band. Okay. Kelly's probably like, yeah, I'll throw you a bone. And because those guys only did that. Well, the, the EP and the first, well, the first two albums, I guess. Right. And then they were out of the band. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know what happened there. That'd be a good story. Um, And they weren't bad. Right. You know, they played really well, but they look like guys that, you know, it was their first time on stage. Oh, wow. You know, they kind of just stood there. And I mean, there was like no charisma, no karma. I mean, nothing, nothing happening. And uh, the singer was really good, but he also, I mean, he was actually really, really good, but he had no idea what he was doing on stage. He just kind of deer in the headlights. Right. 
And uh, he's saying, saying his ass off, but it was just kind of like, yeah, you guys, you guys should have rehearsed a little bit. Right. I'm just saying, you know, played together. I don't know, but I guess they actually have the, that, the new, the new hurricane has an album coming out okay. this year. So we'll see if that happens and if that's any good. And if they, uh, if they get on uh, Mars attacks, uh, Patreon <laughs> with a video, that'd be cool. Who, um, who was the singer for that? Oh, I can't remember his name. He's some kid. I, I don't know that he's been in any other band. And good night, Johan. Yeah. And sleep well. Johan, Johan is in my time zone. It's a little after uh, 1 a.m. So uh, thank you for yeah. joining us tonight, Johan. I know that it's difficult to be up at this time for a lot of folks. So I do appreciate you spending time uh, with us here. Glad I was yeah, able so anyway. to uh, shout out at least two Swedish bands. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of got off on her, uh, off the track there talking about M3, but anyway, they, they do mix things up and then they, they, yeah. And some of the things are really cool and some of them aren't that cool. Um, but uh, that also brings me to a band that I didn't really thought I would like, but I I actually did like, and that's Night Ranger, believe it or not. Because when you think of Night Ranger, you think of, oh, geez, Sister Christian. Right. Oh, please, you know, kill me now. In fact, my my wife, who was with me, Shelly, she's like, can we leave before they play Sister Christian? Can we just leave? And I was like, yeah, sure, we can leave. Um, Wow. But, and and she, she, and after the first couple of songs, she turned to me, she said, God, these guys rock. I had no idea these guys like like rocked. And and I said, yeah, I know. Who knew? Who knew Night Ranger rocked so hard? Uh, but they do. And plus, they're really good live. I right. mean, actually playing their instruments. I mean, Kelly Keegi is goofy as he looks on stage. The dude actually plays drums really well. Right. I mean, you kind of want to hate him. It's like, no, nah, you know, he looks like a dork, but he, <laughs> he plays the drums really well. Uh, but the rest of them, I mean, very professional, uh, having fun, which I'm a big fan of that. And that kind of goes back to Udo too, man. When you, you see these guys live, I mean, they're playing serious metal, but they're all smiling and they're all like interacting with each other and they're all having fun. Right. It's like, that's see the hurricane boys could have used a little bit of that (laughs) rather than looking at each other going, uh, what do we do now? Yeah. Uh, You stay over there. I'll stay over here. Yeah. Okay, that's what we're gonna do. We'll keep playing this song. Um, yeah. So there you go, Night Ranger, and uh, I know they supposedly they they're not real big in Europe. Is that true, or, or is it just the UK? I think it was Jeremy that was telling me that that they they don't get much press over there, much play or anything. <laughs> like Jones is saying, they can still rock in America after all. Yes. Yes, and and I gotta tell you, man, that song kicked ass. You know, Fourth of July and everything, still rocking America. It was like, yeah, and uh, I'm, uh, yeah, it's good to be an American for like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, they had um, a moment there before Sister Christian and all that, where you can still rock in America. Don't tell me you love me. Those yeah. those songs, and obviously Brad Gillis playing with Ozzy. You think about it, they were kind of. Their, their names were thrown in the mix with with the Maiden tandem and the Priest tandem and Scorpions and stuff like that. You know, they were they were in that mix. And then, you know, Sister Christian came out, and I forget what the other song was off of that album, but it was 
kind of ballady as well. And it was okay. Well, credibility gone. <laughs> as good as yep. as good as your uh, you know playing was. You look at Scorpions and you take a ballad like Still Loving You. And yes, that's a ballad, but just the way that the solos are constructed, the way that that song is constructed in general, it doesn't have a, hey, this is a ballad I want to be on the radio type vibe where those other Night Ranger songs had that. And of course it was, a product of what was going on at the time. So I get it. But when you had a maiden or Judas priest, it it was hard to compete and and keep your name in with those guys. You had Queensryche come along and kind of, all right, night Ranger guys off to the side. Queensryche is slotting in here where, where you guys used to be. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, we did stay to the end of their set. And so with Shelly did have to listen to sister Christian. I said, you got to, you just have to experience it. Cause it's kind of like, um, everybody gets like brainwashed for a moment. Right. Everybody's, everybody's singing along like insane. I mean, the place just goes ape shit. All right. I mean, it's like, th- this is really incredible. It, it's, it's kind of like being at that, uh, uh, you know, some kind of religious revival where everybody gets the the ghost at the same time. Right. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, you know, you got to give it to them, you know, but yeah. Anyway, I, I got to respond to something. Is is that Steve up there with the M3s line? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that Steve? Of course it's Steve. Hey, Steve. Okay. I'm going to throw down the gauntlet, man. You should come down, hang out with us at M3 next year. Cause Shelly says she's in. You know, she, she went in there, not, not preparing to really like it. She's kind of like, well, can I just like take off and, you know, if I'm not really digging stuff and go back to the hotel on that? And I'm like, oh, sure. You can leave anytime. She stayed through the whole damn thing. Wow. And, uh, and is like, yeah, I want to go back next year. So three days and a lot of rock. It's very comfy for the old guys. Seats are nice. I, I, I got a line on the front row so I can hook you up, Steve. And, uh, yeah, come hang out with us, man. Come rock out with us. And then if, if the band sucks, we can just, you know, make fun of them together. It would be great. <laughs> you will have fun. Okay. I'll take care of you, man. You get down there. I'll take care of you. I'm I'm sure Steve will have a hard time making fun of bands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's part of the charm too. And it's, it's, it's fun uh, hanging out with people who have a, uh, um, kind of an equal bit of uh, wit about them. I'm trying to look at yeah. my um, list here to see what other. Okay, Mike. Yeah, Mike, come hang out with us. Okay. I, I'm saving you a seat, man. I'm putting you, I'm putting you in the front row of this. Come on, Mike. Rob. Rose. Yeah. Come on, Rob. Yeah, there we go. Okay. All right, Victor. <laughs> Can have a whole uh, yard metal section. No, no, yeah, yard metal Mars attacks section. Come on, there you go. And if Striegel, Striegel shows up, if he doesn't have some prior family commitment or something, then uh, you know, guy, the the boys are back in town. <laughs> I'm just saying, the guy, what a blast it'd be. We get like a whole row of us and uh, just you know, pure shenanigans. It'd be it'd be way cool. <laughs> Mike Jones so is is claiming that he is closer. He's Mike Jones is what, like an hour and a half closer than <laughs> Steve Hoker is to uh, M3. Mike is in South yeah, Jersey. Well. Steve is in North Jersey. So, 
Yeah, you guys could drive there. I mean, I guess I could too, but it'd take a couple of days. Well, I don't know. You could always pick up an RV think, in 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 Mount Olive. No, drive that, down. Yeah, that that ain't happening. Our RV days are over. <laughs> over. Um, that's a, that's another. It's another one of those magical moments when you realize you married the right person when they look over at you and they say, this is really stupid. This sucks, man. I, I never want to own an RV. And it, and for years, she'd been pushing me to like borrow one of our neighbor's RVs and go on a trip. Right. And I'm like, no, no, I don't want to do that. And and yeah, so it's like, yeah, we're on the same team. Loving it. Uh, so yeah, so hanging out. Yeah, there you go. All right, come on, Steve. Let's party. I'm, I'm, I want to go. I want to hang out with everybody. We got to have like a Mars attacks get together. I guess we're gonna have to come to Spain though, right, Victor? Because you're not allowed in the U.S. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm allowed in the U.S. I just, <laughs> I know, I'm kidding. <laughs> I always make the joke that I'm not allowed to leave Utah. But well, I, I, we know that's not true. I, yeah, I was gonna say I, I know that firsthand that it's not true, but. Uh... All right. Yeah. Four, yeah. Four miles a gallon. Yeah. When Shelly finally totaled up the gas bill from driving that RV from New Jersey to Utah and it was over a thousand dollars. Wow. For gas. That was for gas. And I said, yeah, we could have flown first class both ways, rented a car, seen everything we wanted to be, stay in really nice hotels. And it would have cost less money than just the gas. Well, but, but could you say that you picked up an RV in a town that had the, at one time, the number one spot where the mob would dump or <laughs> the mob would would gift people cement shoes and cement overcoats because Mount Olive, Bud Lake right there in Mount Bud Olive is, was notoriously known for that. I expected Bud Lake to be filled with Budweiser, but it wasn't. Well, it was brown, like the the color of the bottle. I mean, that's yeah. There you go. <laughs> that there was probably a few probably a few guys named Bud in the lake. Yeah, that that could be it too. There's there are a few lakes in in North Jersey that are that are known for that stuff. So, <laughs> um, yeah. I'm trying to see uh, here. I'm tr- I'm trying to go through my playlist here to see what bands are kind of fit into that Metallica skid row mold. I mean, okay. I could, I could say, I mean, I could say slaughter, but you know, I don't enjoy slaughter. Like I do the other bands. I kind of, I started to get into them and being able to stomach their music around the same time as skid row. But to me, skid row blows them away. Um, And that also kind of has to do with the fact that, as as a stupid music fan, uh, I was on the um, the the whole these guys left Vinnie Vincent behind, so screw those guys. And then you realize that well, all the stories about Vinnie are true after he screws over someone that you personally know, and you're like, all right, well, screw that guy. I'm gonna finally listen to this band with an open mind. So that's kind of what happened there. There you go. Yeah, I gotta say, uh, I don't own any Slaughter albums. I do own Mark's um, solo right. disc that he came out with a few years ago. It was actually pretty good. Yeah, I think the songs are really good, and his singing's really good. Um, yeah, live is singing. Yeah, that's a whole nother thing. And yeah, yeah, Shelly, Shelly was about after ten minutes. I, I've had enough of these guys. 
Jesus, if, is all he going to do, is he going to actually sing at one point or is he just going to scream? And I said, well, you got to admit the guy can scream. Yeah. But she said, yeah, but shouldn't he sing a little bit in there too? You know how he's know. made the majority of his money though, right? Um, no, tell me. Voiceover acting. Oh, wow. Good job. He does. Well done. He does. Um, like in the nineties when, um, Damn, when Mel Blank died, uh, who used to do all of the Warner Brothers oh, yeah. cartoons, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Warner Brothers tried to like relaunch and do like different types of um, like Bugs Bunny cartoons, like updated mm-hmm. things. They had Animaniacs, and they had. Um, I'm trying to think if they had like a, a a baby like Looney Tunes thing or they they tried a bunch of different things. So he's done a ton of work with Warner Brothers from the 90s onwards with different animated projects where he lends a lot of the voices to uh to the stuff. So he's made all of his money through that through voiceover work. I mean, he technically doesn't need the tour doesn't need to he can just scream all day because there you go yeah he's (laughs) not yeah so i think he was plucky duck on animaniacs that could be on the all systems go album by vinnie vincent there's somebody at the end of the song let freedom rock which is probably him that it sounds more like a donald duck and he says, uh, very good, boys. Very good, boys. Something like that. Um, and I think that's him. So, yeah. So cool. he can stream yeah, it. If I'm, not, he can just do a Vince Neil and have Jeff Blando sing anyway. Yeah. Boy, that guy is something. He can really play <laughs> and sing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he can do a Vince Neil. <laughs> <laughs> well, All right. Well, well, I think any of us can do a Vince Neil. Can't you? Oh, ooh. <gasps> right. There. Yeah. I just sung three lines in Wild uh, in Wildside. <gasps> <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. Uh, any any uh, final thoughts before we wrap things up here? No, yeah, I I do have final thoughts. I think this is a, like the coolest group of people on the planet that hang out with you, Victor, and I'm uh, I feel blessed and and uh, just happy to to be with you guys. And thank you for letting me hang out today with you. I, I feel bad your guest uh, backed out, but um, you know, anytime, anytime, man, I'm here for you. That I that I'm not working. And, uh, yeah, all you guys, well, we got to hang out. We got to figure out some way to get Victor over here so we can all hang out together. Well, hope, hopefully, uh, next year we can, the planets will align and hopefully we'll spend some time in the States. We'll see. Um, yeah, I'll come to you. Yeah. You, you go East coast or, if, you know, or if you go to West coast, I'll, wherever you go, I'll, I'll come there. And of course you you guys, and I'll, I'll open this up to everybody in this group, anybody in Utah, you got a place to stay. We'll feed you. We'll take care of you. And, uh, you know, you're always welcome here at Casa de Schneegel. <laughs> Look at that. Steve Hoker is doling out the free pizza. What, uh, 
What 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 pizza establishment uh, are, are we talking about? Because there are plenty, and there's the host of accommodations at the Chateau Doll there, uh, Molly, the metal dog, who will make sure uh, you enjoy every last moment of your stay. That is correct. She will thoroughly inspect your luggage. <laughs> there you go. I'm only allowed in 48 of the 50 states. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Let's party, guys. It, 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 well, hey, it could happen. Let's see if uh, we could we could even get uh, Mr. Striegel involved. Who knows? Uh, how long before you'd have to go somewhere, though? <laughs> <laughs> I love I love Mark by the way. I do. He's a busy man. He is a very busy man. <laughs> Absolutely is. So I got I got time to hang, man. I'm I'm in I'm in for the big hang. <laughs> there you go. Um the chat has been great tonight. They've been throwing uh, comments out left and right. All of the diehards have uh <laughs> been here. Yes, Steve. Oh, snap is right. <laughs> But uh, um, anyway, I do want to thank all you guys for joining me tonight. Uh, I always say this. I really appreciate you guys deciding to spend a little bit of your Fridays with me here. Brad, it is never. It, it is never a chore to have you on. It is never a bad time to have you on. So I knew that it was a possibility that you could be on. So. I never fret if if uh, if my A plan doesn't work. There's always a B plan, the Brad plan. There you go. B stands for Brad. B stands. For I'm Brad. I'm okay being Plan B. There you go. Is that the morning after pill? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Is that legal in Utah? Um, uh, having sex isn't legal in Utah. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> You know, Utah is not as weird ass as you guys would think, I, I, especially after going through the, a lot of the United States. So I'm like, you know, Utah is really not as weird as people think it is compared to some other places. But anyway, yeah. Okay. Cheers, everybody. So Wait, wait. Let's wrap things up kind of how we started them. Because I, I have my doubts whether or not bleaching someone's anus is legal in Utah. <laughs> 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 I always, I always love it when people call me up and they think I'm going to report them. It's like, you know, or like I'm going to take their kids away. It's like, look, lady, I don't want your kid. Okay. I want you to keep your kid. I want you to raise your kid. Actually spend a little time with them. Throw that out there. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because I'm sure that she didn't have a post-it written on it saying, please drink. You know, Bobby, please drink this. Well, that that let's let's just say you get your kid there watching you, you know, putting stuff in your butthole. Okay, it's like, yeah, watch mommy. See what mommy's doing here. Yeah, hold on, stand back. I'm just gonna splash some of this on now. Yeah, um, maybe the kid drank it on purpose. Maybe the kid's like, I can't deal with my mom. I just can't <laughs> deal with my mom showing me her butthole. I'm gonna drink this bleach. Could be. So. Anyway, okay. we've covered, we, 
<laughs> yes, we've covered. We've covered enough. <laughs> anyway, thanks, you guys. You guys have been great tonight. Uh, this last uh, 90 minutes has flown by as if it was 90 seconds, and that's thanks to all of you guys. Uh, thanks, and we'll be here again next week with uh, Edge of Paradise. So um, that is it. We will see you next time right here on the Signals from Mars live stream brought to you by the Mars Attacks podcast and VMR IT. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Mars Attacks podcast. This concludes our show. 